One is I realized that I did not want anything else more than this in terms of my career. That was huge. And the second thing is that I realized that I could not do it alone. Prior to that, I was going back and forth. Do I really want this? Do I not really want this? And so I went down this exploration of job hunting because I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I just want a different job. Maybe, maybe I just want to, you know, the same journey that people go on all those journeys all the time. And I started applying to all these different jobs and I was getting job offers from great jobs and more money and all these things. And every single one of them, I did not want. And I couldn't even get myself to get excited about it. Like I was just like not, there was nothing in me. There was no chemistry. There was nothing in me that responded to those opportunities. And I was confused. I was like, what is going on? And then I was just like, you know what? Maybe I just really want this. And even though it's hard and even though I don't know exactly how I'll make it happen, I want this so bad. There's nothing else that's actually going to satisfy me. And once I really, really believed that, it was clear what I needed to do next. You're listening to the Audacious As Fuck podcast, but we're not just talking about business. We're talking about life. Hola, I'm your host, Marta Ramos, a Dominican-American lifestyle entrepreneur who had the audacity to go from corporate to chief empowered officer of my life and business. And this show is all dedicated to reimagining what more is possible for you so that you can start creating your own path to success. So if you have the audacity to step into your power, your purpose, and really own your CEO vibe, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Audacious Aspect Podcast. I am your host, Marta Ramos. And today, my lovely guest, Stephanie LaFlora, she is a serial entrepreneur, a storyteller, a marketer, and the creator and founder of Crown Hunt, or Crown Hunt, I should say. And when she's not working on her startup, you can find her mentoring other aspiring entrepreneurs on how to bet on themselves and live, may I say, an audacious life. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. And before we get started into our topic about Black female-owned businesses and crowdfunding and all of that good stuff, I want you to take me back just a little bit and share a little bit about your journey and what led you to start your own business, because there's an important message in your story that I want to drive home. So take it away, Stephanie. Yes. So Crown Hunt really began with the hunt uh, for my own crown. I was actually trying to get my hair styled. Um, I have coily, short Afro hair. And uh, I was trying to get my hair styled in a new city where I just got a a new tech job. I was very excited. Didn't know anybody. And um, going to different salons, I was actually rejected, turned away um, from five or six different salons. Um, And when I got there, I had an appointment and they let me know after looking at my hair, literally looking at it. They didn't touch it. I didn't send a chair, none of that. 
they looked at my hair and they said that they were not able to style my hair. And I ended up in a conversation with one of the owners of the salon who let me know that this was because in cosmetology school, they actually did not teach them how to style curly and coily hair. And I did not know that at all. I was absolutely blown away by that information. But I also come from a tech startup background. So my instinct when I see a problem like that is to think, wow, there's a big opportunity here for um, a solution and for innovation. And I gathered a group of people in the hair industry, um, started to identify different gaps. And that was basically history was after that. Um, And so right now, Crown Hunt is a online subscription for stylists to get continued education on styling curly and coily hair, and also in business, uh, which is another big gap that was left out and traditionally left out of the cosmetology school experience. Oh my God, that is amazing. So I heard rejection, which a lot of people tend to shy away from, but I also heard how you and Robin, I love to quote her because Robin Roberts from Good Morning America says, you know, make your mess your message and I, I love to drive that in because I like to tell people that when they want to, you know, they're feeling stuck about what their mission in life is or what their purpose is and wanting to find clarity. And I'm like, just go back to your story. Go back to your experiences. What's, what's been done to you or said to you that you feel differently and what can you do about it? So I love how you said, you know, these people, they didn't know how to work on your hair. And Lord knows, I, you know, as a curly hair girl, I, I totally can understand. And I love how you just, you know, took your education and your experience and you kind of turned that around to now make this impact with your company called Crown Hunt. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love solving problems. I love, um, Honestly, I love technology. I love innovation. I love improving things. I love consumer products. Yeah. Um, and so even though our product actually is right now for stylists and it is, you know, technically like a B2B product, I love solving consumer problems. And so I think this education piece is the beginning of us. And I also know a little bit about your backstory that you used to work in corporate in technology, which is you know, we have that in common. So why don't you share a little bit about how was it for you in terms of taking that leap into entrepreneurship? Because I know that, you know, there's a lot of professional women out there who might be listening to the show or watching us on YouTube and have that that calling or that intuition that's telling them that they're meant for something more, that they're meant to create an impact and that they're meant to either start a side hustle or a business, but that big word of fear tends to stop them in their tracks. Um, So why don't you share a little bit about your story and what led you to finally take that leap? Absolutely. Um, First of all, I can empathize with that whole journey of having a dream, feeling like it's not the right time, feeling like um, you know, maybe next year, maybe not me, maybe just on the side, maybe I'll just dabble, you know, like not really committing. Yeah. And I did that for a number of years, actually. Um, even with Crown Hunt, I did that for a number of years um, before I actually really made the leap. And let me tell you, there are two things that really helped me get over that. 
One is I realized that I did not want anything else more than this in terms of my career. That was huge. And the second thing is that I realized that I could not do it alone. Prior to that, I was going back and forth. Do I really want this? Do I not really want this? And so I went down this exploration of job hunting because I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I just want a different job. Maybe, maybe I just want to, you know, the same journey that people go on all those journeys all the time. And I started applying to all these different jobs and I was getting job offers from great jobs and more money and all these things. And every single one of them, I did not want. And I couldn't even get myself to get excited about it. Like I was just like not, there was nothing in me. There was no chemistry. There was nothing in me that responded to those opportunities. And I was confused. I was like, what is going on? And then I was just like, you know what? Maybe I just really want this. And even though it's hard and even though I don't know exactly how I'll make it happen, I want this so bad. There's nothing else that's actually going to satisfy me. And once I really, really believed that, it was clear what I needed to do next because that was that was where I, I believe, you know, my path was. And then not doing it alone because when you are insecure about your dream or you're not sure if it's really for you or if you're not sure if you really want it, that's really the biggest yeah. thing most people can't figure out. If you're not sure if you really want it, you know, you'll you'll do it in secret. I mean, there's nothing wrong with moving in secret. A lot of people say that. But there's like a difference between moving in secret, uh, you know, and believing it and moving in secret because you're actually really insecure about what you're doing <laughs> and you don't want nobody to know about it. And you don't want to be called out or asked about it in the future. Like, there's a difference. Right. But you know, you know which one you're doing. But the whole moving secret where you just actually insecure about your, about your thing, you don't want nobody to know about it, that... You got to get out of that. You got to start telling people. You got to, you know, name that thing. You got to own that thing. And you know what? People, you'll be surprised. People will admire you so much for going for it. And you think people are actually thinking you look ridiculous because you don't know exactly what you're doing. That's not what's happening. Actually, people are extremely inspired when they see somebody else going for it, especially if they don't know how the person's going to get there. Because they're like, I can't believe you have the audacity to think you can do that. That's inspiring, you know? Um, so, I mean, those are the key things I think that really made a difference for me. And I mean, I did this, uh, I would say a third thing. Sorry, I, I just really got a lot to say about this. That's absolutely I love it. About it. Third thing, the third thing is understand that you are not the keeper of time. Mm. When I committed, like in my soul, like I'm doing this, I am going to quit my job. I'm going to do this for real, I'm going to raise money. I am going to like all the hard stuff, all the stuff that seemed intimidating. When I really committed to that, I told um, my former job, which was a great job, paid very well, worked there for a decade. When I told them that I was leaving, I found out that I was pregnant with my second child three weeks later. Wow. I had been trying to get pregnant for years and thought I couldn't even get pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So... At that point, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I got, I have a child. Great. Thank you, God, for my one child. Moving on. That's where my mind was. And then I was pregnant. And then I was quitting my job. And then I was starting a company. So you are not the keeper of time. Whatever happens after you say yes inside, just understand that's part of your journey. And and just and 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 move forward with that. I love that so much. And you said three key pieces in that 
that I feel can help women who might be in corporate right now feeling stuck about taking the leap, wanting, like if you, if they know deep inside that they want what they want, like I feel like that is step number one that leads them to clarity. Um, and I think the tagline on my website t- right now when we're recording this says, you know, if the dream is in you, is meant for you, like it's for you. Like if it's I, put there, I I am a huge believer that like if that's something that you truly desire and it's it's inside of you, it's I feel like it's a message from your higher power or God or the universe, whatever you choose to believe in, telling you that this is the next step for you. Like this is your next chapter. Um, because granted, I've had a lot of conversations with some of my girlfriends who all have great careers, great positions, make lots of money, but they don't feel that calling like I did when I was in corporate. And I remember, you know, people used to tell me, oh, you know, just make a lateral move or go to a different agency or find a different job or look for something for more money. And I kept saying, no, that is not it. That is not what I want. Um, so I'm glad you you hone in on that piece. Another one you said is like believing that this is the path for you, like believing that this is something that you are meant to do, because a lot of times it's that belief inside of us that counts more so than what anyone else out there is going to say. So whether people say, and this was said to me, girl, you're crazy leaving your six-figure six job and, you know, you just got your master's and blah, blah, blah. Like, who drops their career all of a sudden and then turns into entrepreneurship doing something that they've never done before? And I'm like, it's because it's coming from inside of me. Like, there's a, a conviction in me so strong that is telling me that this is what I'm supposed to do. And three, that commitment piece is so key. Because a lot of times I tell people, forget about the commitment to other people. It's a commitment to yourself that counts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard sometimes to know what you want. You know, like that's fair. That's actually a fair thing. So much stuff going on. There's so many things you need to do and you have to do Mm -hmm. that it can be really difficult to figure out what you actually want. So that can be a journey. I mean, for me, figuring out what I want was like a year. It was a long period of time. It wasn't quick, you know, and everybody has a different way of doing that. But for me, it was I needed to explore all the other options. I was basically living my life on the B plan. And I was really, really scared of betting on my A plan because the A plan in my mind was really audacious. And (laughs) And it was like everything in me just kept being like, yo, I mean, did you really want to do that? I mean, you're very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at your life. Look at your vacations. Look, you know, like, it was, I was comfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. And it was like, who gives up comfort? Especially as a Black woman and working in tech, who gives up comfort? Who? Right? Everybody you know is like, girl, I don't know about that mm-hmm. move. Uh, but I figured out that I really, 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 really wanted it. And once you had that, and you know you already got that in you, because let's you want a man. Or a significant yes. other. Let 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 you want that purse. Let you want them shoes. Let you want that baby. We do so much for the things we know we want. Mm. So it's just purity. When you when you really know it, then you won't be stressing about it because it's the only path forward. 
I love that. Um, the only path forward. So I know that you actually quit your job to start your business during a pandemic and being pregnant, which you mentioned a little bit of your story. What was that like? And, and what did you learn about yourself? Oh, my gosh. First of all, I would not recommend that. Uh, I did it. And I don't regret it. Um, but it was really, really, really hard. And it was hard because, I mean, I was sick pregnant, too. I wasn't even like it was a hard pregnancy. Mm. Um, and I was an accelerator and I was raising money. And it was just last year was intense. Um, so I would say it was really hard. I learned that I am capable of anything, mm. but I don't want to do everything. And that last part is a hard one. Sometimes, you know, I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. Nobody can tell me what I can't do. So sometimes you got to go do it and experience it and be like, oh, okay, this is what this is like. All right, I understand now, you know, some of that advice that I was given. Um, so it was it was a wild time. I learned how to be incredibly um, focused. I learned how to be um, how to 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 take the noise out of my life and really just focus on what I need to do and to create the right energy around me. And I really got tight with my family, to be honest with you. My husband is tremendous, and um, I had a phrase that I that I had him tell me because we have this thing where I always have a phrase mm-hmm. um, that I need him to repeat to me. And then last year, the phrase was "Imagine the power of telling this story." And that's what I needed him to tell me over again, because, you know, it was like sometimes I feel like I do hard things to t- to show other people that they can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that that's that's the best I can do when I'm going through a hard season is say I'm a person who's always going to tell the truth about my life and I'm always going to share with people what I'm learning. And so even if I go through a season that's really trash, like I'm just not enjoying it, not saying that's what last year was, but it was yeah. hard. Even if I go through a season like that, I inside am like, okay, well, I know I still can be a blessing even with this because I'm going to tell people what it was like. I'm going to show people, hey, if I could do this, you could do something, you know. And and um, so I, I clung to that quite a bit last year. I love that. And, and you know, I, I like to say that hard times build your character and your resiliency. So... You know, and you don't really grow when you're in your comfort zone. So going through these challenges really do help you to kind of grow into that next level and also grow in your leadership, which a lot of times I tell people, you know, leadership is not just you getting a title at work that says that you're now the director of such and such and you're considered a leader. You could be a leader as an assistant planner because it has more to do with the choices that you make. And, you know, for me, also leadership is how you treat others. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you when you're like in these challenging times and hard times, like I love to tell people, just take a step back and figure out what is it that you need to learn and what is it that you're learning about yourself throughout these hard times that you Mm -hmm. can then turn around and share with others. So I love how you share that story. Now, in terms of going back to taking a leap into entrepreneurship, what advice would you give to other aspiring entrepreneurs who might be, you know, 
at their current job and and may not necessarily take the leap fully into entrepreneurship, but may want to start a side hustle. What advice would you give them? Oh, all the respect for side hustles, all the respect for passion projects. For Okay, so now that I'm in this season of my life, I can honestly say that all the side hustles, all the the passion projects I did, which I did throughout my entire career, because I'm a creative person and I'm always tinkering on something. I got to be making something at all times. So I've always had that the entire time I've been working. And they have given me as much in return as any job I have ever had. The skills I was able to acquire doing those side projects, because also there's like less pressure when you're doing that. It's okay to do stuff with less Mm -hmm. pressure. You know, like Instagram and all that will have people thinking that they got to be doing the most with the most accolades at all times. And there might be a season of your life where that's what you're doing. And that's great. But every other season is equally valuable. And the season where you are um, putting in the work, getting your 10,000 hours, um, learning, exploring, building your confidence, those seasons really matter. And they're huge because then when you actually step out, you will have a different kind of confidence. You don't want the first time that you are betting on yourself to be the time where all the pressure is on You need to bet on yourself before that when there's less pressure so you can learn. You can learn about yourself. You can learn about your craft. You can learn how people respond to you. Like all that stuff is super important. So I am very pro all the side hustles and all the side projects. And you'll know, you'll know when it's time for you to take that leap. It'll be inside because you'll get so irritated with where you at. You won't be able to stay. Yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) Love that. Love that. And I know that you as a Black female owned, um, it's important for you to show people how to build a business that honors both diversity and culture. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I think at Crown Hall, we really highly value cultural intelligence. You know, it's like it's it's something that you pursue. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on where you grew up and what what how you grew up, you might have a really good amount of that within your upbringing that you that you had, just from your environment, from your family, whatever that was taught to you. That's great, but culture is constantly evolving, yes. and so it requires us to pay attention and to care. There's tons of empathy involved with being culturally intelligent because it's not about you. It's about the experience that you give to other people and how do you how do people feel once they've interacted with your brand, with your company, with your team? How do you leave them? Um, and so all of that really matters. But especially in our case, we are passionate about um, these hair entrepreneurs. I think the hairstylists are some of the most industrious, talented entrepreneurs in the country, period. They are 91% female. They are 38% BIPOC. And they graduate from cosmetology school historically with $20,000 in debt and never been taught how to style a curl. Yet 65% of the population has curls. So what does that mean? Most of these stylists that you know, especially if you have curls and they style in your hair, they had to figure that stuff out on their own. Yeah. They had to figure out that business on their own. And the hair schools don't even hardly teach how to run a business. Yet when you graduate from cosmetology school, you have to find your own clients. You have to figure out all your own benefits. Like 
the amount of things that these people are having to do in order to be successful and to have security is insane. Yeah. And so for the for them to be able to do that and grow clientele and have great relationships when you're sitting in their chair with you feel seen, you feel heard, that's amazing. Um, so I think that we're all about celebrating these entrepreneurs and honoring them for who they are and supporting them the same way with me being a person who has worked in tech. There's so much support, even as a black woman. There's organizations all over the place that are how do you how to improve your career? Here's how to take it to the next level. Here's a workshop here. Here's a retreat there. All these things exist as resources because I'm in an industry that frankly is mostly white males. But the second you go to another industry where the demographics change, all of a sudden there's no resources or support, even from the institutions that give them their licensing. Mm -hmm. And I just that's an atrocity. So we are passionate about shifting that. Um, dramatically and being the best support to these people that we can. I love that. And I know that part of your mission, right, is to propel the conversation forward about textured hair, especially in a in an industry, the beauty industry that's catered mostly to, you know, the the white with the straight hair um type of woman, since we're we're both women. Why do you think the beauty industry's tendency to ignore this about um, textured hair is such a mistake? Well, I'll speak in the language that they care about first. And that is, first of all, it's a huge economic mistake. Um, there's like $42 billion in curly and coily hair happening annually. And that's right now. And that's what people, that's, that's what the population consist consistently changing where there is going to be more people actually in 10 years and 20 years to have curly and coily hair because there's going to be a more diverse country that we're living in. Um, and so I think it's an economic mistake first. Um, but I think also it is the people who are in this country who make this country amazing are all of our cultures combined. Yeah. We live in a country where what's so beautiful about us is also like our greatest weakness. And I think in 2020, the country experienced a, an awakening of sorts um, where people who had never thought about their own participation in inequity were suddenly thinking about it. And at every level and in every industry, and so I think that the opportunity is great. The mistake that we have made, the mistakes that have been made in this industry, I think we have a really big opportunity right now to, to change. And I think that what created out of that is something beautiful, um, something restorative, and also something economically sound. That is so beautifully articulated. And I hope people are listening because... I, I similar to you, I felt like 2020, despite of all the turmoils and death that occurred, I feel like it was an awakening to kind of tell the human race, like, listen, what you guys are doing to each other needs to change because obviously it's not working. So it was definitely an opportunity for us to kind of wake up and start living life a little differently and start um for me. I feel that 
It was tapping into our inner desires and really going after what we wanted in terms of our dreams and aspirations. So I love that. And that it's definitely an opportunity to change. Now, I know that you mentioned crowdfunding. So for the listeners or viewers who are watching this on YouTube, if they want to start their own business, but don't really have the, the finances or funds, what is one or two tips that you can give them that will either get them in front of investors to write them a check or start the process of crowd, um, crowdfunding? Yeah, there's a couple options that you have, you know, I think in in like short formulaic order, when you're earliest, 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 you're still trying to figure out exactly what works and who wants it and what exactly is the product. If you can pay for that yourself, that's the most ideal. If you can't pay for that yourself, I would recommend something like a Kickstarter um, or Indiegogo, where you're basically um, getting the audience that cares about your product, that thinks that, um, you know, what the problem you're trying to solve is a great problem. Those folks can come in and uh, donate money. And in that instance, they usually get something exchange in exchange, like they'll get a product early or they get early access or something that's more connected to your product. It's not connected to equity in your company. Then the next phase, I would say, is that you can go after um, actual equity crowdfunding. Um, our campaign is on WeFunder, but there are several campaign, there's several platforms out there. Equity crowdfunding is essentially where you're inviting people to become a part owner in your company. They're investing. They can invest with as little as $100. And they are actually um, going to get equity in your company in exchange. Um, that's a fairly new thing that has been available since 2016. It's an amazing way for people to raise money. We're raising money on there right now. We've raised a little over $160,000 on there um, to date. And um, yeah, so our campaign is still open. Um, but that is another option, especially if people really believe in what you're trying to solve and you are thinking you're going to want to go, um, you know, scale this thing to be pretty large. Like that is a is a great avenue. And then, of course, there's also venture capitalists, which we've gotten some venture capital investments as well. Those are um, investors that will be looking for you to explain your five to 10 year plans and how you're going to essentially exit your company, sell it or have an IPO um, for a lot of money. So that is when you're trying to do something where you're going to scale it to be a very, very giant company and quickly. Usually they want to see that within like seven to 10 years. And so those are kind of like the different tiers, I would say, of funding. And the higher up you go in those tiers, the more proof you need that what you are doing is worth. I love that. Now, I am a service-based provider and I know that you're mostly product-based. So those tips that you just shared, does that also apply to service-based businesses or is it just for product-based businesses? That's for service and product-based businesses. Now, investors at the venture capital level are usually looking for, they have something that they call an investment thesis. Mm -hmm. So they typically invest in similar types of companies. So they might only invest in tech or they might only invest in, um, you know, pharmaceutical or whatever. Um, so you want to look for a venture firm that invests in companies like mm -hmm. yours um, in the same industry as yours is typically what you're looking for. Um, but the main thing they're going to care about is how big is the company trying to okay. grow? 
And that's what they put money in for. They give you money for you to take it to a billion dollars. That's really what their goal is. And so if you have a plan that looks like you can get to that uh, type of um, exit, then that is what attracts them. And you just got to find the ones that are looking for your in the right niche that you're in. Love it. Well, listen, from one curly hair girl, I appreciate what you're doing in these streets. <laughs> Because I feel like we need we are. <laughs> I feel like we need to have these type of conversations and people like you who are out there trying to make a difference in our world and trying to cater to to people that look like me and have hair like me. So I so appreciate that, and I am here to support you a hundred percent. Um, so I am all for your mission. Now, before we go, I always love to ask my guests. What does it mean to be the CEO of your life and or business? Um, I think I am still learning the answer to this question. But what I have been learning lately is that you have to give yourself what you actually need. Stop Mm -hmm. acting like you don't need. You don't just need to be faster, better, stronger, work longer hours. You need support. You need people that believe in you. You need people that can help you with your kids. You need people that can help you when you're tired and you need help. You need the massage. You need the whatever. Like whatever it is that you actually need, especially I'm saying this as a Black Mm -hmm. woman, because a lot of times we're raised to do everything and need nothing. And um, that will have you dead, okay? If you're actually trying to do what you really try to do, if you're serious about your mission, you need to get just as serious about taking mm. care of yourself so you actually can make it to the end of that mission. And that might mean doing things that feel like distant from what you might have imagined yourself doing. Like you, It might feel distant to have a nanny. It might feel distant to have somebody, you know, have an assistant. It might feel distant from who you are to do those things. But if your dream is that big, then you just got to get over that and you got to do it. Amen. I'm going to drop the mic there because I'm like, she is speaking my language because I'm like, when you said, if you need to find a nanny and I don't have kids, but women listening to us or watching us, if you have kids, but your mission is bigger than you, I need you to hear what Stephanie is saying. Like, get yourself some help. It's the community is key. Like having support and accountability has been such a game changer, not just in my career in corporate, but as an entrepreneur as well. I feel like a lot of times, you know, we get stuck in our own bullshit stories or lacking the confidence to keep moving forward. But when I tap into my community, girl, like everything Mm -hmm. changes. So listen to what Stephanie has to say and get yourself a community of people to support you or what I like to say, your own CEO squad to help you achieve your goals and crush it. So I love that. Now, it is quick. Like the thing is the people who you admire, the people who you're looking at, like they doing all the things that you wish you could do. Every one of them got more help than you. Listen. So if that's all, that's the thing too. Like don't be fooled. Those people have help and they have realized that they deserve that help. I don't even like that word, but they deserve that help. They that that, that help is yes. required. 
That's the thing. You have to convince yourself that this is required for me to get there. And then you ask yourself, if I don't get this help and that and that means that I'm not going to get there, do, do I give up? What if that's the only way? Yeah. All of a sudden, then you start to figure out how to get mm. I love that. What if that's the only way? Mm. Woo. Now, what has been the most audacious thing that you've done or what makes you feel audacious as fuck? Child, being in an accelerator while pregnant, and I was very pregnant. At my demo day, I was seven months pregnant. Okay, wow. so I'm not talking about a little pregnant. Uh, that was pretty audacious. Uh, and then I had a VBAC after that. So, like, I was really doing the most, um, <laughs> which is like not getting a C-section um, after having one. And so that was pretty audacious. What makes me feel audacious is being myself, you know, like, Showing up how I want to show up with the way my hair, how I want it to look, my outfit. Sometimes you're uncomfortable and sometimes, you know, I'm going somewhere and it's really important, but it's like, I just need to show up as me. So, yes, I will wear a hoodie and some Jordans. Yes, I will. You know why? Because this is how I'm going to be able to show up at 100%. I'm not going to show up at 80% because I needed to wear them shoes that hurt. Yeah. Like, I'm not. And that's not something I would have done in the past. So that's what makes me feel audacious is truly being myself and telling myself that that no matter what environment I'm in and no matter what I need is actually enough. Um, that makes me feel pretty audacious. I love it. And the world loves you for that because, you know, uh, showing up at a, as a fake version of you, not only does it do a disservice to the world, but it does a disservice to you like internally. So Definitely. having the audacity to show up as you, authentic and unapologetic, we need more women like you because that's, that's what's going like, to make your nervous. Like if you deal with anxiety, seriously, the way you can help yourself with that anxiety is to not tell yourself you need to do a whole bunch of stuff that's going to give you yeah. anxiety. Go without makeup. Go with the flash shoes on. Go with the, you know, because you know what? Now you're comfortable. Yeah. Now you're thinking. Now you're present. And that's going to change everything. Yeah. Versus you try to put on all this stuff and then all of a sudden you like, you just wrapped up in that. So whatever that looks like for you, you know. I love that. And listen, you're over there dolled up looking beautiful. And I just look at my and I'm like, oh my God, I have bags under my eyes. I didn't even put a little powder. But you know what? I showed up. I showed up for my audience. I showed up for my guests just as I am because Osiris happened. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love that, what you said. And and I showed up because I feel like what we were talking about today, our message is so much more important than what I look like or what you look like. And you said this earlier. It's not about you, boo. It's about the message that you need to bring into the world. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with, with us. I appreciate you tons. Thank you so much. And with that, I want to say, guys, if you took away anything from our conversation, and I know Stephanie was dropping wisdom left and right, one of the things that stood out to me is not A, just betting on yourself, but it's not about you, boo. So if you have a story to share, a message, if there's um, 
something that you know that you're meant to do in this world, please step up and be the CEO of your life and your business and share that message with the world. And with that, I want to say I love you guys and I'll catch you on our next episode. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and share the love with a friend or two. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, friend, so you don't miss an episode. And with that, until next time, 